Good day, fellow investors. Welcome to the Modern Value Investing Podcast with Sven Karlin, where we compound investment returns as well as investment knowledge in order to help you achieve your financial goals. Good day, fellow investors. When it comes to international investing, you don't only have to worry about stock prices going up, but also about currency fluctuations. So you have doubled the volatility than when you invest in the domestic market. But when you invest globally, you have many more opportunities to invest, to find better businesses, cheaper margin of safety. So it's always smart to look globally when it comes to investing. Now the question is, should you care about those currency fluctuations or focus only on businesses? How to hedge if you care about those fluctuations, what's the best way and is it something that you should put your effort into? In this video, we'll explain currency hedging, we'll explain historical results, data, scientific correlations, everything to show you all the necessary information you need to see whether currency hedging and what kind of currency hedging is necessary for your international portfolio. If you don't have one international portfolio, you will also see, okay, whether you should invest abroad and what kind of risks and rewards it can bring to you. Let's start with first, what is currency hedging, how it can be done, what is the historical benefit to those who have hedged or not hedged their currency exposures and we'll finish with a very interesting analysis of the strongest currency in the world, the Swiss franc and how Swiss investors should have been better also unhedged or they should have focused on something else, not on currency. Let's start. So what is currency hedging? Now, let's say you're an American investor, you want to invest in a European company, European stock. Now you buy a stock, let's say for 100 euros, you exchange your dollars into euros, you buy the stock and then after a year, the stock is at 200 euros. You would say, great. But in the case that the euro, let's say, loses 40% against the dollar that or one dollar was one euro, let's make things easy, one dollar, one euro, and then after a year, one dollar is 1.66 euros, then your gain isn't 100%, it's just 20% on what you invested. And that is currency risks. There are plenty of risks in currencies, especially these days with all the monetary printing, so that one is really, okay, should I think about those investments, those risks or not? And then you want to see, okay, how can you hedge about that? Where if you are long a European stock and an US investors or a European investor, US stock, wherever you are from, if you invest internationally, you should then go short the currency. So if the currency you are holding the asset in devaluates, then if you are short the currency for the amount you have invested abroad, then the currency fluctuation does not impact your investment. So if you are short the euro, the euro devaluates, the short, the value of the short increases in relation to the decline of the devaluation of the currency. So there are many ways that you can be short something. Let's discuss four of them and then see how those might fit you or not. So you can hedge yourself in various ways. One is that you use an ETF 
to short the respective currency against your currency. However, you have to understand that this is ETFs and such schemes, such derivatives are mostly for daily trading and actually structured to go to zero at some point if you read the prospectus, for example. Plus, there is an expense ratio of 0.95 costs of buying of not buying and uh, especially you're also exposed to those daily compounding returns and uh, spreads that might not really give you a perfect correlation to the asset. So in my opinion all these ETFs, daily ETFs are just made and invented for those people that want to look smart when buying such uh, derivatives such financial instruments but the real value for long-term investors is zero of these ETFs. Second you can use hedging contracts for difference so contracts for difference you agree to pay or get the difference in the currency pair over a specific period of time. Again complex, complex structures actually banned in the United States but if you're not from the United States, you might see for such contracts and then see what is the spread, what is the cost, etc. Then hedging currency risk with forward contracts, a forward exchange contract, a derivative again, allows you to lock in an exchange rate now for a predetermined date in the future. These contracts can last for a month, uh, three months and maybe even longer. So you have to roll them over constantly. The exchange rate is calculated by discounting the interest rate differentials then block to a certain date in time similarly to contracts you can also use options where you buy them or sell them depending on what you need but if you buy an option on a currency you get the right but not the obligation to exchange currencies at a predetermined date and exchange rate you can buy those and be hedged at fixed cost or you can sell options and then be exposed to whatever happens so now that we have explained hedging, you know how to hedge and it's really easy, right? Of course not. I think that the four instruments that I just discussed are A, extremely complicated, futile for 99% of the population, 100% of the population, those that use them just try to look smart. And uh, actually it's something you are not needing, you will never need, and it's not something that would add value to your returns. Let me give you academic research that shows that hedging is not important at all, so we can make investing simple. And actually, that's what I do on this channel, make investing simple. If you use common sense, if make things simple, investing is easy. Look at the risk reward, what am I buying, what is the business, and that's it. When you start complicating the fees, there is one certainty, the fees go up, skyrocket, you are more and more entangled and you don't see the woods from the tree. Let me show you the academic research. So Credit Suisse 2012 yearbook had a big part dedicated to currencies. So from the London Business School of Economics, professors Morrison, Deems and Stoughton discussed how currency does matter because, okay, if you invest globally, you reduce portfolio volatility, but when it comes to hedging, it's actually better to have unhedged cross-border stock exposure when currencies are weak. So you invest in countries that have temporarily current weak currencies and it's better to be unhedged then. Short-term currency hedging is 
found to be particularly meaningful in bond portfolios. Okay, bond investors are suckers on this channel, so we don't have to comment on that. When it comes to equities, it also contributes to risk reduction. Keep in mind, risk is volatility measured over the short period of time but less risk reduction than when it comes to bonds. And then the conclusion is very simple. When it comes to long-term investing, hedging benefits are found to fall off with longer investment horizons. They have given us the number to show what hedging and no hedging means. If we look, US-based investor from 1972 to 2011, if we look at the yellow no hedging returns, the geometric and arithmetic mean returns, those are whatever he would have invested in are higher than the hedged returns. And the difference is that the standard deviation, the last column, so the volatility is the highest. So all you need to survive is the volatility. But if you are a long-term investor, you don't care that much about volatility. You care about maximizing investment returns. Then, if you are an international investor, on the other hand, returns not hedged and hedged are pretty much in line, a little bit lower for the non-hedged depending on what, but equally. So there isn't really a benefit of hedging when you include the cost. The standard deviation is always higher, the third column, but the benefits aren't there and that's their conclusion also that there are no benefits when it comes to currency hedging for long-term portfolios. Ken Fisher from Fisher Investments and Mir Statman, they have also looked at hedging and they have found that investors over a 15-year period analyzing hedged and non-hedged US international portfolios, they found that returns are equal to those of that returns to hedged portfolios are equal to those of unhedged portfolios. The only issue here is that behavioral investors, when there is more volatility, focus on dot volatility and hedge, increasing their cost, and then regret based on hindsight, oh, I should have hedged, now I'm not hedging, not no needed, back and forth, and so they actually do a disservice to them. So if you're an investor over the long term, sometimes you win, sometimes you lose on currencies. That standard deviation, the volatility is much higher, but over the long term, your actual returns are not lower because you are unhedged. So when it comes to investing, it's not necessary to being hedged. Not even if you are a Swiss investor with the very, very strong franc and strengthening franc over the last 10 years. It might look that you are hit, you're losing money, but other things matter much, much more when it comes to investing. One of those things that matter more is currency diversification. Currencies always ebb and flow in relation to inflation, expected inflation or interest rates in the country. The US dollar index shows how the dollars is sometimes strong, sometimes weaker, but the index over what? 50 years here, 25, yeah, 45, 50 years, hasn't changed that much. It's what's 100 at the start in 73, 46 years later, it's 92. So it didn't really change that much because currencies move alongside inflation uh, in the country. Prices, when it comes to investing, 
on if you buy equities if you buy assets adjust for that inflation so it's not really that you can lose much if you worry about currencies just a quick example a stock that we discussed here often on the channel Getsprom was just upgraded yesterday by Morgan Stanley now that the stock is up more than 100% now they upgrade it but Gazprom, we know it's a Russian company, so it's a different currency, traded in a different currency. And uh, okay, what's my risk if I buy Gazprom? If the rubble loses value, then people might say, okay, you lose value. But then think again, what's Gazprom doing? He's selling gas in Russia, he's selling gas in China, in Europe, usually in US dollars. So it is exposed to both dollars, to both rubles, it's diversified. Most companies in the world are globally diversified. So they have some benefits here, some benefits there. And as always, those ebb and flow and the overall long-term return doesn't uh, relate at all to currencies. It relates to the strength of the business. Depending on global gas demand, no matter what the currency, that will also be the return for Gazprom and similar companies. So always focus on the business, not on the currency. In the long term, we see here how exchange rate and inflations for 83 countries between 1970 and 2011 are pretty correlated. So. If there is inflation, currencies will weaken. If not, they will not. But you, if you buy businesses, if you buy good businesses, not at exuberant valuations, then you are protected from inflation and thus also from currencies. So it always boils down to the same. Buy businesses, be a value investor, buy with a margin of safety, buy quality assets, buy great businesses that have pricing power in case of inflation. And then you don't have to care about currencies. You don't have to pay about pay those extremely high hedging costs, stress. Just leave volatility to volatility. Take advantage of it because volatility makes things very, very cheap here and there. Buy that, enjoy the process and be a value investor, not a currency trader. Enjoy life, don't stress on things that you A, can't control and then over the long term don't really matter. Let's see the case example on the Swiss market. So just for fun, let's discuss a Swiss investor. They are all very concerned about currencies. The Swiss franc appreciated against all currencies over the last years, especially from 2001 to 2011. However, since 1991, it appreciated just 20% against the dollar. 20% over almost 40 years is a difference of just a bit more than 0.5% in yearly returns. Keep in mind 0.5%. And even the 2001-2011 difference of 45% in change in currency value is still just a bit above 2% on a yearly basis. Now, when it comes to that, should the Swiss investor stick to domestic investments or diversify globally, the 2% the rate of returns on a yearly basis, that's the difference between a price earnings ratio of what, 10 and 8. So just a small PE ratio on the earnings yield. The Swiss cyclically adjusted price earnings ratio for the market is 26. And practically 26 is what, 4% return. So you need a 6% return to offset even a 2% yearly difference in returns between the franc and other 
currencies. So uh, Germany is there. Germany is what 17 and other European countries have lower CAPE ratios. So that would be enough to offset any kind of divergence between currencies over the very long term. Not to mention that currencies also ebb and flow. So no matter where you are, no matter how strong your currency is or not, if you focus on businesses, even if your currency strengthens 100% and you are invested globally, that 100% over 10, 20 years is less of an importance than what is the business that you have bought. If you buy a great business, no matter what, where, let's say you lose 50% on currency because your currency strength at 100%, but if you buy a good business and you make five times your money over 10, 20 years, then you don't really care about currency. Don't be too greedy that you want to take all the gains out there. Just invest, let the money compound, buy good businesses, buy assets, because in general, holding currencies and think, thinking about currencies is a losing game because currencies will and always lose value, go to zero when compared in the long term. So. Think about that when it comes to investing, focus on businesses, focus on buying great assets. And that's all what we do on this channel. So please subscribe for stock analysis, for finding great businesses and investing for the long term and, let our, and to let our returns compound over infinity. That's it, not currencies, businesses. Thanks for listening. If you have any comments, please let me know. If you enjoyed this podcast, please leave a five-star review as it means a lot to me. Thank you and I'll be speaking to you in the next episode.